Hello, dear sister in Christ. My name is Pat Domang. I'm founder of On Fire Ministries, Bible study author and teacher. On Fire Ministries, our mission is to ignite a passion for Christ in the heart of women and to inspire them to apply God's word to their everyday life because I believe with all of my heart that God's word really does work. So today, I want to invite you to join me as we talk about waiting on God to fulfill his promises. So what comes to mind when I say this one word to you? Waiting. Did you immediately think of something that you want to happen but see nothing in view in regard to the fulfillment of that? Or did you cringe and think how much you dislike waiting? Or maybe a little bit of both. Waiting can be agonizing and the longer we wait, the more agonizing it becomes. Ironically, when I looked up synonyms of waiting, I saw some terms that really surprised me. Eager, excited, waiting with bated breath, breathless, anticipatory, hopeful. I remember those types of feelings as a child, waiting for a friend to come and play or even getting ready to go on that special fun trip like going to Disney World or Six Flags. However, when I think about waiting now, None of these words really ring true. Thinking through the inconsistency with those terms and how I feel as an adult, I realize waiting that made me feel excitement and not misery happened when I knew the designated end of the waiting. Oftentimes when I pray for God to answer, I don't know when or how he will answer that prayer. For me, waiting for God's when stresses me out more than how he answers. I simply need him to answer. In seasons of waiting on God, we rarely see God working, but our lack of ability to see means nothing regarding God's work. God always works whether we see and understand it or not. So, dear sister, are you waiting on God? Know that God is working in the midst of your wait, and one day you will look back on this season and see all that God did in and through your waiting. I know this because I have experienced God's faithfulness throughout my 27 years walking with Jesus so many times, and looking back across that time, I see many past waitings fulfilled and behind me. And I see what God did during that time as well. For me, waiting on God could be termed as the dreaded part of his promise. By nature, I am one who wants what I want yesterday, not tomorrow, and certainly not later than that. And I imagine that if we were to sit down and have a roundtable discussion about waiting or waiting on God, most of us would agree that waiting is one of the hardest parts of walking in a relationship with God. But it is a part of our relationship with God nonetheless. I believe our difficulty resides in the unknown of the timing. Give us a date and time and when it's going to end. And I think we might buckle down and endure until the end. But then under normal circumstances, God just doesn't always work that way. Now does he? In my teaching, my Bible study, Not Home Yet, A Glimpse of Revelation's Treasures, we look at the waiting and the questioning of the martyrs in Revelation 6.10. The martyrs stood beneath the throne and they prayed to God and said, How long, O Lord? 
holy and true until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth. I thought we are in good company when we cry out to the Lord how long. Think about the many times that we've asked how much longer in different circumstances in our life. How much longer before I will be out of school? How much longer before I get the job of my dreams? How much longer before I will be married? How much longer before my husband and I will work through this problem? And yes, how much longer before I will get pregnant? And then how much longer before this child will be born? And then how much longer before this child will learn this lesson? In actuality, life is a series of how long, O oh Lord. And God's answer to our question, I think we find it in Galatians 6, 9. And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. God gave us this promise because he knows waiting has the potential to weary us and to discourage us. Sometimes weariness and discouragement nudge us toward giving up. And waiting is just not easy. It's work to wait and to stay in faith. But God is growing us in the work of waiting. Waiting is an exercise of faith. It's a spiritual exercise. It's part of our spiritual circuit training. And that's what I talked about last week that builds our faith. It develops our faith. James 1, 3, 3, 4 tells us that tested faith produces patience in us and gets us to a place of God's perfected work in us. James 1, 3, 3, 4 says, knowing that the testing of our faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Now let's take a deeper look into the word translated as patience in James 1.4 in the New King James Version. Some translations use the term perseverance rather than patience. And looking at the original Greek term poupamon, it means steadfastness, constancy, endurance, describing someone not swayed from his purpose and faith even while experiencing trials and sufferings. With that original meaning in view, it seems perseverance fits the narrative better. We also see the power and effect of perseverance in Romans 5, 3-4. That says, not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. So we see that God purposed waiting for our spiritual growth and maturity. However, spiritual development doesn't always motivate or inspire us. Yet, waiting on God's promises provide us with more than the outcome of spiritual maturity. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, For all the promises of God in Him are yes and amen to the glory of God through us. Our God of promises says yes and amen. He promised good rewards to His people who wait. But as we already acknowledge, sometimes waiting feels a lot like torture or some form of punishment. So look with me at Exodus 23, 22 through 30. And this is a story of God's promises and his people waiting on the fulfillment of those promises. In Exodus 23, 22, God gives them a conditional promise. Exodus 23, 22 says, 
But if you indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversary. In Exodus 23, 23, God promised his people he would drive out their enemies before them. A few verses over, in verse 29, he gave them a time frame. He said, I will not drive them out before you in one year. Now, most of the time when I think about God doing something for me, I think that God will do it when he gets ready. So God specifying a time frame really caught my attention. So even more captivating was God's reason for holding out on fulfilling his promise. In verse 29, God goes on to tell them his reason for not moving the enemy out in an instance. Exodus 23, 29 goes on to say, lest the land become desolate and the beast of the field become too numerous for you. I love it. I love that God purposed their waiting for the fulfillment of his promises to them to provide them with the protection they needed in that particular season of their life. So thinking about fulfilled promises, you know, we often think God isn't working when we see no evidence of him fulfilling his promise to us. But this story reminds us that his good purpose and plan guides the fulfillment of his promises. Therefore, we can be confident that God is working. So think about these fulfilled promises that we have the privilege to look back on in scripture. In Genesis 12, 1 through 4 and 22, 2, we see the promised son, Isaac, was born 25 years after God's original promise. Abraham was 100 years old when God fulfilled that promise. Joseph, in Genesis 37 through 48, Joseph had a dream that God gave him. Joseph's dream was God's promise to him, and it took years for his dream to be fulfilled. And then in Joshua 14, 10, God gave Caleb a promise, and 45 years later, his dream of entering and taking the promised land came to pass. Don't forget David, who said, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. The posture and position of waiting is part of God's promise to us. I want to share just a little personal story about my granddaughter. A couple of years ago, when my granddaughter was four years old at the time, she wanted a baby alive baby doll. And I told her that I would buy it for her. But she had to wait until Christmas. And this was probably late September, maybe early October. And she told me that she just did not want to wait and that she wanted that baby doll right now. And I told her that I was very sorry, but if she could not wait, she wouldn't be able to get that baby doll. Of course, just a few minutes after thinking that through and realizing that her only option was to wait, she told me she didn't really mind waiting after all for that promised baby doll. And I can assure you that I had every intention of fulfilling my word to her. I love her and I want her to have what she wants. But I also know that if I give her everything she wants the minute she wants it, I'm really setting her up for trouble. The lesson of waiting was worth teaching her at four years old because I love her and I do want the best for her. So you see, waiting sometimes positions us for spiritual growth, provision, or protection. And I believe that God uses waiting to prepare us for a future task, to build our trust, or even to reveal his will 
in and through our faith. No matter God's purpose in our waiting, we can trust in his goodness and his faithfulness. As 2 Timothy 2.13 says, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. So what are you waiting for? Has God spoken a promise to you, yet you see nothing? I want to encourage you today, dear sister in Christ, to keep on keeping on. Don't give up. As Galatians 6, 9 says, And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Now, before I say goodbye, I want to invite you to join me on your favorite social media platform, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, to get daily morning prayers and biblical encouragement for Christian women. I'm also on Pinterest. And also check out my website, onfire-ministries.org where you can read my weekly blog. You can find free Bible study resources or your perfect Bible study for you personally or even for a group study. And please rate and review and share this podcast with others that someone else can be encouraged as well. And until we meet again, have a blessed and beautiful day.